all right, a lot of times my inspiration comes from different places. This week, while I was making the rounds through my podcast that I listened to, I was listening to Pod Meets World, which is a Boy Meets World watch-along podcast with the cast of Boy Meets World. Uh, they are dipping into season two, and they are getting oh so close to the episode where Vader makes his first appearance. And it got me thinking, what an interesting character Vader is in that show. He makes three appearances, the second season being the first appearance. Now, I think it's interesting because you don't really see a whole bunch in movies and TV where they allow wrestlers to play their wrestling persona. Now, he wasn't Leslie. He wasn't the actual Vader. It was a fictional character. But his name was Frankie Stacchino Sr., dad to Frankie Stacchino Jr. And he played Frankie, but he also played a professional wrestler named Vader. So in essence, he did play his character and he did wrestle. So I think that this is an interesting character more because not only did they let him play his wrestling persona, they also allowed him to have a backstory to which he came back three times. It's so interesting because when you think about Vader, we don't think about the human behind the monster very much. When we think about Vader, we think about those classic matches with Sting where he beats the shit out of Sting and takes a beating himself in that strap match. We think about all the times that he's gotten these hard-hitting matches where he's just clotheslined the fuck out of everybody that he's been around or Vader bombed everybody in existence, and that's why we love him. But in Boy Meets World, it's interesting because we see a different side of him. We see that he's a father and a caring father, which is another really, really interesting part of it. I think that Boy Meets World really did a good job of showcasing the backstory behind the monster. Where wrestling kind of does that same thing, where you grow to like a character for what he does in the ring. But a lot of times you also grow to like a character for what he does outside of the ring. And it's so interesting to see that he would go to war with a child to protect his son. It doesn't matter what the case is. He will be intimidating to an 11-year-old if he has to, to make his point. Because he cares that much about Frankie Jr. I also wanted to kind of compare it to another thing that I I kind of have watched the last few weeks. And that is John Cena in the Fred movies. Because again... John Cena plays his wrestling persona in these movies, but he also plays Fred's dad. It's funny because that's the running joke is that my dad's John Cena, but John Cena <laughs> puts him through a table and does a uh, does an STFU to him and all these different things that are just hilarious to me in essence. But I just can't get over the fact that behind all of that, John Cena is a great dad. I know that you think, hey, man, he just, put his son through a table is he really a great dad but fred can't sing fred's whole dream of the whole movie is to become a singer and he's a lousy singer he's a lousy singer it's it's there's a part in the movie where he says i i can't i can sing right dad and he goes no you're an incredible singer and it's just like it's such timing and in such foresight into what john cena can do because it's really not easy to deliver that kind of joke especially with timing and poise and to make it funny. You know, you can write things down on a paper and people can say them. It's not always going to come out funny. There's something about John Cena, though, where he's got really, really, really good comedic timing. 
And I think you could say the same for Vader, even though he really didn't get to use that comedic timing too awfully much. The times he's on Boy Meets World, he really showcases that he can he can be funny. He can be the guy that you want him to be in the ring, but he also has a side of him that's a very, very funny side. I wish that in my heart of hearts that we had gotten more of Funny Vader. Because when it comes to me watching wrestling, I'm always interested in how can we expand a character. I wish that there were more. I can't believe I'm about to do this. I wish that there were more cameras back then. Because if you get a little bit later into the 90s and the early 2000s, we started getting these handheld camcorders and getting a lot of backstage moments of wrestlers breaking and wrestlers laughing and having fun behind closed doors that maybe didn't get released right away, especially if you're like The Undertaker. But later on down the road, these tapes start to get leaked out and you see funny things from all these monsters. I wish that we were able to get a couple of these for Vader because I've never really seen him let out of his shell except for on Boy Meets World. I think that's why I love this episode so much and why I've been patiently waiting for the Pod Meets World gang to break it down. I really, really hope they dig into Leslie and talk about the experiences they had of being around him because it's something that we don't get a glimpse into. We never get to see who Vader is behind the mask. Really, like, I mean, you obviously have, like, the shoot interviews with Hannibal and stuff like that, but, like, it's not, it's it's pointed questions that he's being asked that he's answering. It's different when it's, you know, I read this Mick Foley book, and it's it's talking about that infamous uh, ear moment where Mick loses his ear in the match with Vader. And I think the funniest part of it is that you get the human side of Vader after the match is over. Like, he goes back there, and he's like, are you okay, man? I'm so worried about you. And it's just like, it's funny to think about the human side of wrestlers when we watch them in this sport and sometimes can forget that they have that human side. I don't know, man. I just, I wish that we had gotten more of Vader. Hey guys, it's Taylor from Jaded Wrestling. Do any of you guys have a problem with getting food on your shirt? I know I certainly do. I have this routine of getting Wendy's breakfast every day now. And I just can't stop spilling sauce on my shirt. Whether it's ketchup or egg sauce, it always ends up on my polos. Luckily, I work in Tampa, and right off of Dale Mabry, there's a place called Zips Cleaning. Zips Cleaning, if you get your shirt in there by 9 a.m., it's guaranteed to be done by 5. It gets the stains out, and then you've got a fresh new shirt to wear to work the next day. Make sure that you stop in there and get your cleaning done, because I need it, and I know you guys do if you eat like I do. Thanks for hanging through the break. I'm always behind the eight ball on funny stories that I want to talk about. And this week I had one brought to my attention that I didn't know existed. And I wish I had known when it came out because I would have absolutely talked about it right away. My friend was telling me about Dustin Rhodes and the Chupacabra incident. If you don't know what a Chupacabra is, you can go listen to Talk is Jericho where Dustin Rhodes comes on there and he explains to you that it's like, a five-foot dog that stands on two legs. Listen, I, I have my reservations here because I kind of believe that he just saw a really hairy person. I don't know if I'm wrong. I don't know if I'm right. But if you see a chupacabra, and he says in the interview, I followed it. I wanted to see more of it. I followed it where it was going. I tried to catch it. It got away. 
what kind of person sees a uh, mythical beast and is like, you know what? I'm going to follow that mythical beast. I mean, I get the whole Bigfoot thing where people are like, see Bigfoot. And they're like, well, we'll make a lot of money. Let me follow this man. This Bigfoot. Is it a man? Is that what Bigfoot is? I don't know. So I just don't understand people. Like if I see a five foot walking dog with vampire fangs that can run. I'm not following it. I'm going to take my ass and go home. Who wants to do that? Who wants to put themselves in that much danger? I imagine all mythological creatures or creatures of myth or whatever you want to call them are like pretty dangerous. Probably. I don't, I've been kind of going through the list of uh, mythological creatures in my head. So you have like Cthulhu and you have, Bigfoot and you've got the abominable snowman or Sasquatch and Yeti and you've obviously got the Chupacabra which we're talking about right now and all these different kinds of the Loch Ness Monster all these different kinds of monsters none of them seem like they would be like a real pleasant hang I can imagine like sitting down and burning one with any of these things and being like, yeah, let's chill. You want to go get some rallies? Nah, man, they'll literally eat your face off. Is Dustin Rhodes not cut from the same cloth that I am? Because I can't imagine, like, I don't like the woods anyway. Let me be transparent. I don't like to camp. I don't like to go outside. I don't like to prepackage myself for a serial killer. So you're never going to catch me in a sleeping bag out in the woods with a fire. Because I pay for a house. There's no reason why I would do that. But if I did see a a creature of myth like a chupacabra, you can bet that I'm going to, number one, run. Number two, throw a rock at it. Because I probably, knowing me, if I'm out in the woods, I'm not out there by design. And I probably don't have any weapons on me. Or maybe... I would just cook it something real quick and feed it to it, but not cook it all the way so it poisons it and it dies. Is that the way to do it? That might be a little too long-term. I don't know. Either way, I think it's the perfect place for Dustin Rhodes to go on Chris Jericho's podcast and do this because Chris Jericho to me is the king of making up bullshit stories. Whether that's, I stood up to Brock Lesnar and tried to fight him or, Goldberg, yeah, I saw him there, and I was like, listen here, Will, I'm going to fight you, William Goldberg. I got a problem with what you just did. Or it's the CM Punk thing where he's like, he's not even involved, and he's like, well, I went in there, and I confronted him myself, and I told him, you're a cancer to the business. It's a very look-at-me, Louie thing to do when you've got a situation involving three or four other people, and you're just like, well, I walked in there with my head held high and said, listen here, Phil. I don't like the way you're acting. This kind of seems like it's on the same vein to me. Like Dustin Rhodes is talking about a chupacabra, but why is he talking about a chupacabra? Are there such things as standing dogs? I'd like to look more into this. Have you all seen a chupacabra before? Is that a thing that you're familiar with? Because I honestly just looked it up and this does not look like a creature that I've ever seen. Of course, again, I don't really go outside. So what the fuck do I know? Dustin Rhodes really did see a chupacabra. I'm going to look like a whole asshole here. I just, I don't know, man. Do you guys believe in the chupacabra conspiracy of 2023? Is it 2023? Is that how it's said? Either way, 
Leave me a quote tweet if you think I'm being a dick to Dustin Rhodes. But I was thinking about Dustin Rhodes, and this a little bit, I just want to segue a little bit out of this, because we don't get to talk about fantasy booking wrestlers very much anymore. And I think I read something about his contract coming up soon, and nobody's really ever tried to experiment with the natural again after WCW. I felt like that character was so strong and like exactly who Dustin Rhodes is. Like he's just, that's who he is in real life. And I was wondering if maybe he might want to take the face paint off and go for one more run as just Dustin Rhodes. There are several companies right now where he could, he could take a title in NWA or MLW. He could take a title just as Dustin Rhodes. Like he doesn't need the face paint. He doesn't need to be that. He could just run in there. He's a great wrestler. He's still in good enough shape. Put some boots on and go show him the country boy. You know what I mean? If you can stand up to a chupacabra, there's no reason why you can't go to NWA and win a belt right now. I'm talking to you, Dustin. I need that for you. I need that for your legacy. Because while it's not talked about a lot, some of my favorite stuff you've ever done was... Just you being Dustin. Regular degular. So if you're listening to this, Dustin, let's get you back to normal. Let's get you back to the beginning where things started. It's the perfect way to end it, to start at the beginning. Right? All right. So I wanted to take you behind the curtain as we finish off the show today and kind of take you behind the scenes a little bit. So me and Ted from The Heel Truth uh, talk on the phone a lot. Like, twice a week, probably an hour, you know, and we got into a uh, pretty heated discussion this week about the Bushwhackers. And I wanted to kind of bring it to the podcast and see what your guys' opinions on it are, because, well, first of all, go and support him right now. Go follow the Heel Truth on every platform. Go listen to his newest episode, Buy, Sell, Trade episode. It's great. He does great stuff every single time. He's brilliant. Which is why I think this is so interesting because we watch wrestling very, very differently. So I brought up the Bushwhackers this week to him and he immediately dismissed it with, I don't call them the Bushwhackers, I call them the Sheep Herders. And I said, why? And he said, because I don't really see their WWF stuff as being any good. He He's a wrestling fan and I'm a character fan. So when you take these two kinds of wrestling fans and compare and contrast them, the perfect example is the Bushwhackers. Because as the Sheep Herders, they were epically violent, put out banger match after banger match after banger match. Here's where my argument comes in and why I believe the Bushwhackers are a better reiteration of them. though. So a lot of times when it comes to WWF, WWE, We have this thing where they repackage characters that we love and they have to dumb them down because the way that the WWE product is, it's not going to work. A good example would be the Viking Raiders and Ring of Honor. They were War Machine and they were insane. They were doing shit that is absolutely nuts and tearing the house down every single night. They can't do that on WWE TV. They're not going to allow it. They have to dumb them down so that their characters are more resonant with people watching the show. I don't agree with necessarily doing it to the Viking Raiders because, again, I think they're better. 
when you let them loose. Here's the opposite of that coin, though. With the Bushwhackers and the way that NWA was ran, the TV product was not as good as the WWE product. The recording wasn't as good. The cameras weren't as good. The sound wasn't as good. And they weren't as polished on a microphone. So a lot of times when you hear a sheep herders promo, it's, for me, hard to actually understand what they're saying. And me being a fan of a character instead of a fan of wrestling, I love wrestling, don't get me wrong, but I want to be invested in a character. So for me, watching those promos from the old school doesn't do it for me the same as it does when you see them in WWE, WWF, whatever it is, whatever you want to call it. So I got to talking to him about it, and I said there's a difference between what they had then and what they have now. So we start to think about, from a wrestling standpoint, the matches were far better back then. Far better. They were bleeding all the time. They were essentially John Moxley's. They were bleeding all over the place. Every match was a death fight, brutal as heck. That's not a bad thing. You can like what you like. It's fine. But I, I submit to you that people wouldn't really know who they are as well, or they wouldn't be as big as they are without the Bushwhacker era. because. For me, I had that hottest matches VHS that I ran to death when I was a kid. And that's where I learned about the Bushwhackers. I learned about them because of a funny dance and a funny ring entrance. I learned about them because they made me smile and I connected with them, which is what wrestling is supposed to do. So I don't want to dismiss the WWE stuff that they did because it's brilliant. The object of wrestling is to get yourself over no matter the cost. Vince, aside from all of his shortcomings, can absolutely make a character work sometimes. Sometimes he takes the bat and he swings it just right and he hits a home run. And I think that getting the Bushwhackers over with as ridiculous as the gimmick was, that gimmick shows his genius. It shows that there is a place for sports entertainment and it lives in the Bushwhackers. It made sense, even though uh, they lost a lot in WWE and they were fodder for other tag teams to win. They were really, really, really good. And a lot of people really love them and really remember them because they resonate with people because of the side of them that was funny. If they had gone into WWE television and had bled like they did on the NWA, it wouldn't have worked. It wouldn't have made sense. So that's what I'm saying, the difference between a character and a wrestler. So we kind of have this place where everybody seems to criticize when you dumb someone down, whether it's Pete becoming Butch. It doesn't make sense very much. But the more we watch him, the more we like Pete Dunne as Butch, right? I do. So you get kind of nervous because you see wrestlers come in and they get dumbed down. But sometimes it works. I mean, even think about Hulk Hogan. A lot of people love to pull up those Japan clips and say, man, the dude could really wrestle. But he was never as over as he was in the WWE. Never. That's what made his career. That's why you see thousands of Hulk Hogan action figures all over the world in Hulk Hogan shirts in every wrestling store. Because of dumbing him down made him a bigger character. It made him a more resident character with fans. That's what happened with the Bushwhackers. That's why I want to take this place and stand on it because 
a lot of people don't look at that. They look at that old shit and they say, damn, man, they were so much better. But I don't know that that's necessarily true because it's it's a different skill, but it's still a skill to get yourself over. And they did that. They absolutely did that because you had a 10 year old boy walking around his living room strutting like he was a like he was a bushwhacker. That's what they made me do. That's why they're in the Hall of Fame. Because they knew how to get a silly gimmick over. So before we say, hey man, they're not doing the same kind of wrestling. Think about what they did do. The dudes went to war with a character that shouldn't have worked and made it work. So I'd like to finish this episode by shouting out the Bushwhackers. Or the Sheep Herders. Whichever you prefer. Because we're all allowed to enjoy whatever kind of wrestling we like. And I think that's what makes the sport beautiful and wonderful, right? (laughs) 